Well, good evening, everyone. It's good to be in church tonight. Thankful for air conditioning. Praise the Lord, huh? <laughs> you got some real powerful air conditioning there, huh? And so, great. And um, thank you again for the privilege of letting me come and visit with you and share the Word of God. And again, I'm just letting our pastor know where I was tonight, and he sends his greetings, especially to pastor, if you would let him know. Uh, we've been praying for your pastor, and he just, Pastor Rick Adams wanted to send his greetings to pastor, so if you could pass that along, and he's glad that he's doing better, and we're praying for him. And um, it's just out of, I just got out of prison, and so... <laughs> and, uh, Man, you guys just have anybody come, huh, don't you? <laughs> oh, boy. And so I was just there. I did three services there and visited four different pods. And uh, we're still trying to train the staff and the youth. Uh, you know, on Sundays we're going to have church services. And so we're getting it down, uh, you know, getting down a schedule and um, getting a pattern down, and you have to retrain. We're just like starting over. We were out for so many years, well, a couple years, and so then we're starting a schedule. At 3 o'clock, I come in and go in one pod and do a service and then go to the next pod and do a service. And so, anyways, we did have three services in each pod, and there's the fourth pod, the girls' pod. I didn't do a service in there. I normally have a lady that uh, does that service for me, but um, we had one saved in the three services. A lot of them are saved already because uh, I'm there each week and they're growing and they're attending church and and so and tomorrow I'll be at McLaren, which is the big prison there in Woodburn, Oregon. And again, we're just started over there there again and just trying to get a system down where we go to a different unit and then another unit and then another unit and just try to make contacts and uh, a lot of soul winning at this point. But eventually there's one unit that we established a Bible study in and hopefully we'll get more units to get that down. And um, But uh, it's just a matter of training the, the staff and the youth and uh, that this is going to happen each week. But thank you for your prayers. If you could do anything, pray for the ministry. God is blessing and God has given us favor. And I've had like a boldness that I've never had in 20 years in these past few months. And I'm grateful for that. And um, it just seems, seems like there's an urgency. And I guess I always knew the, the possibility of things shutting down. And I never thought about COVID, but you never know if one day they say you can't come anymore or whatever. We're kind of like guests in the facility. And I was treated it that way and was very careful and wanted to do things right. And um, and that's still the case, but it's true now. It could close tomorrow. And so I want to just be effective today. I want to do what I can today. And so that's the way I've been treating it and been going about it and just being more bold and uh, direct than ever I ever have, and I'm glad that it's been working out. And God has given us favor. Uh, I just account it to God. It's just amazing. Today I went into a unit, and I said, "Oh, there was a staff member. I knew who he was, and he knows who I am." And I says, "Okay, uh, 
we're going to do church today. And if we do church, the TV needs to go off. And I says, I want to use this area right here for the church. And he says, okay. And so just the, the, just being able to have that relationship with the staff and just tell them, this is what's going to take place. <laughs> We're going to have church and don't put the TV on during church. And they listen and they, we've been able to do things like that. And, um, and so just because, not because of me, but just a good relationship that we have with the institutions. I talked about Callitz County, um, you know, that's an amazing thought. And I shared it here with you already. Um, you know, they didn't let us come into facility for so long. And I called and I says, we got to do something. This can't be, you know, the church is important. Getting the gospel is into the institution is important. I says, we need to think out of the box. And they thought, they, they thought, and we were able to establish Zoom meetings. Uh, every week we had Zoom meetings. And, uh, as you know, and I mentioned this before, it, it's just not, when you do a Zoom meeting, it takes a lot of work on both sides. And they were able, the county says, okay, they facilitate it. They set up the computer system. They got the kids fed and showered and, and lined up and put into the classroom and all that for and attendance. As far as I know, was a hundred percent. The whole facility was going to church because that's what the county said. And I just say uh, no credit to anybody but the Lord. And God gave us favor. He wanted the gospel in the institutions, and so He made a way. Uh, though I'd rather be there in person, and it's more. Of the, the, but God made a way. And I give God the, 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 the glory in that. So pray. Uh, I say pray. Uh, how, I, like we've talked about, the gospel it could be offensive. And, you know, there's people out there that don't want to hear the gospel. But we're going to give it. And we're going to give a clear gospel message. And, um, and, uh, and we've been able to do that. And I'm grateful and thankful. And, um, and so thank you for your prayers. Uh, we want to just uh, be able to continue to do prison ministry and do it well and have a good uh, uh, favor within the institutions. And uh, but I that's where prayer comes in. If you think about it, pray, pray for the ministry, pray that we could have open doors, pray that we could be effective, pray that the staff would come to know Christ as personal savior, those that don't. I've learned something too. There's a lot of staff people who are Christians and they're little missionaries in there and they, they'll work things out and they pass out Bibles and they pray with the youth and the kids and the, I call them my kids, the, the inmates. And, uh, and, uh, and we just, they, they, they work and they're doing what God has told them to do. And I'm grateful for them. So we need to pray for them too. And they're very effective, um, and they've been effective. And so, but anyways, pray. And if we don't have a prayer card, I don't think I brought any tonight, but I had some this morning. And uh, if you need one, I'd love to get you one because we need prayer. Um, and so thank you for supporting us. Thank you for sending us. I could not do it without your prayers, without your support. We're not paid by the county or the state or anything. They don't pay anything. Um, but uh, you pay in order that we could do this full time. And I'm grateful and thankful. And God has blessed 
I said this is my 20th year full-time with Rock of Ages. Could you believe that? I was just a, a novice 20 years ago, and I'm still a novice, and I'm still figuring it out, and I'm still learning, but it's been 20 years. And I've learned you just keep going. You just keep going. You just be faithful. You just be steady. Uh, I'm not a, there's nothing, there's not a whole lot of talent in this guy or I don't have a whole lot of gifts, but whatever God has given me, I've tried to use and try to be faithful. And I'm thankful for you and for, uh, having, um, uh, just, I think of brother Shanks who took me on years ago here at the church and just, and been here and been faithful and giving and praying and, and here we are and Pastor Stewart now and just it's just we're we're marching on. <laughs> we're going forward with the the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to talk about knowing God through trials. Knowing God through trials. Um, every one of us, life happens, trials take place, even as believers, um, uh, we're going to face trials uh, because we're living in this world. This world is not our home. And things are going to happen in this world. Um, and so what do we do with these trials? And I believe there's benefits in trials. Um, trials in a person's life um, and even in a Christian person's life, uh, they reveal our need for God. Yeah. You know, I think about whether it's prison ministry or whether it's just things that we go through here in life. You know, if everything was perfect, we never had any needs, there was no sickness, there was just like a perfect world that we live in, would we really need God? A lot of us wouldn't probably have a need for God because everything was going well in our life. But trials happen, right? Tough times happen. And it kind of reminds us, hey, we need God. And that's why people come to God. If everything was perfect in their life, there would be no really need to come to God. Psalms chapter 88, verse 1. Uh, we could start with verse 2. Well, let's start with 1. A song of Solomon, 88, verse 1. For the sons of Korah, the, the chief musician upon Maloth, Lenoth, Mishil, and Haman, and Zephyrite. And he goes on to say in verse 1 here, Psalms 88, O Lord God, of my salvation, I have cried day and night before Thee. Let my prayers come before Thee. Incline my ears unto my cry. My soul is full of troubles. And my life draweth nigh unto the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that have no strength. Boy, there's a person in need, huh? And maybe we've been there. 
And maybe you're going to be there. And many, many a times we've been there possibly. Verse uh, 9 says, Mine eyes mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon Thee. I have stretched out my hands unto Thee. It's a person in desperation. They're seeking help. And you know what? They're going to the right person. They're going to God. You see, trials reveal our need for God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you. We're grateful for the opportunity to be in church tonight. I do pray, Lord, for those here. I pray that I could be a a communicator and they would be able to hear and understand. and, And I pray that I could be a help and a blessing but I need your help. I can't do it alone. I need your help. And I help us as we open up your word to understand and to apply it to our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we cry out to God. In verse 13 of Psalms 88, it says this, But unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer uh, prevent thee. In other words, we just bring it before God. We bring our trials before God because we need God. What a wonderful thing to know that we need God. Of course, I go back to my ministry because that's what I do. That's what I live on a daily basis. And many a people come to Christ during times of crisis. And if they didn't have crisis in their life, they would have really sometimes no need for God. But crisis happens. And they're looking for answers. They're looking for truth. They're looking for help. And what a wonderful time to bring them the seed. What a wonderful time to point them to the cross in their time of need. You think of Job and his situation. I won't go through the whole story there. But you guys are the church choir tonight. You're familiar with Job, hopefully. In Job chapter 1, verse 20, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. And this is what he said, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. Tither the Lord gave And the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So he was calling out to God. He had the right perspective. He knew where to turn to. And if you know anything about the story, it was a terrible trials that he went through. Just about everything was taken from him, including his family. And yet, we could learn from him his strength, And his trust was in the Lord. Because God is the one that we need to go to. God is the one that can meet the need. God is the one that will sustain us. God will help us in those times of need. Pastor referred to it this morning when he got the news. Terrible news about his health. But it was then he felt the peace of God. If you only until you've been in that place where you understand what he was talking about, the peace of God, wherever there's chaos, 
there's all kinds of craziness around you and it's just the terrible bad news, but yet God could give us the peace during that terrible time. So trials strengthen our trust in God. And that should build our trust when we hear testimonies like that and when you go through trials and when God gives you peace and the ability to get through it. Though how hard it is and people looking at the outside looking at you and saying, how do they do it? How do they handle that? What is it that they have? We have the Lord. We have the Lord. You know, I have a son with special needs and I remember early on when we didn't understand and he was going through the diagnosis and all that type of uh, craziness that you go through to figure things out and find out what's wrong in order to help him. And it was a difficult time. And I didn't, you know, being a preacher and all that, you would think I'd have a whole lot of faith and I would just be a pillar and get through it. And a lot of times I was, but secretly in my heart, I say, God, why me? This happens to other people that you read about, but I was the one that was going through it. But every time, even through the times when I just, you know, I didn't know what to do and I didn't know what to, uh, I was just kind of, you know, losing it a little bit. And, uh, but God would just give me a peace at times. And I had to learn. First of all, it revealed the need for me to be closer to God. I needed to search the scriptures. I spent a lot more time reading. I spent a lot more time praying. I spent a whole lot more time communicating with God and saying, God, I need your help. My son needs your help. My family needs your help. And you know what? As I look back now, that was a beautiful time. Yes, it was hard and it was difficult and there was challenges, but I could see God work and how God's hand was in everything and he was working and he was just meeting the needs and he was lifting us up at the right time and he would be the right people in the right situation and he would work out circumstances and things of that sort. He would use all kinds of things to get us to where we need it to be. And I've learned trials strengthen our trust in God. We could lean on him. What does the world do? <laughs> they turn to the alcohol. They turn to the drugs. They turn to whatever it does to, to get relief. But that's not the answer. Jesus is the answer. And he is sufficient. And what trials do, uh, sometimes they sharpen our focus on God. They point us to God, and that's who we need. We need Him. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 20, And though the Lord give you bread of adversity and waters of affliction, yet shall not thy teacher be removed into the corner anymore. But mine eye shall, these, shall see thy teachers. And thine ears shall hear the words behind thee saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. When ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. You know what we need to do during trials? We need to focus on the teacher. 
God is our teacher. He's our guide. And we need to focus on Him and look at Him and He'll tell us what to do. He'll direct us through that. We don't need to turn to the world. We need to turn to God. We don't need to turn to the things that the world turns to. We need to turn to God. And we need trials will help focus us on God. That's what they should do. We need to see God as our teacher. And so many times we're looking for help and we're looking for answers and we're looking here and we're looking there and we're trying this and we're trying that. And I'm not saying all of that is bad, but at the end of the day, you know what? We need to turn to God. Let Him work. Sharpen your focus on Him. But my, but thine eyes shall see thy teacher and see the hand of God work. See the hand of God work. I remember uh, we were, uh, the doctor said that our son August, he needed to have a blood test. You say, oh, that's pretty easy. You just go and you get a blood drawn. But for him, it's not easy. Somebody, a stranger coming to me with a needle and poking me, that's just not going to happen. I mean, in order to get that, we would have to restrain him. And I mean, you would have to have two or three people hold him down and somebody. It just wasn't going to happen. And I was so stressed out about it at the time. How is this going to happen? And it needs to happen. And I prayed and I called people that I thought would pray. And we prayed and I had a bunch of people praying for this. For a lot of us, a simple blood test. And I said, you need to send me to a special place where they specialize in working with children and special needs kiddos or whatever, because this is not going to be an easy deal. And my doctor understood. And anyways, he set me up at the children's hospital and whatever. And we had the appointment. We were there. And I was just, I knew it was going to work. (laughs) I just, I just knew it was going to work, but we prayed that the little faith that I had and uh, I we went there and to the hospital and, uh, we were waiting in the waiting room there and, um, uh, they, they, you know how they call your name and, and this lady came out and she looked anything but nice. <laughs> I mean, she was a scary looking lady and she called his name. And here I was, I said, oh, this is not going to work. And so I was, it was Marta and myself and Annabelle and Augie. And I stood with Mar- uh, Annabelle in the, the waiting room. And so I said, Marta, you go. And I, I walked up to that lady and I says, if he even flinches one time and, and just refuses to do it, we're going to end this. We're not going to do it. And she just looked at me. And I mean, she looked like the angel of death herself. <laughs> and so my wife gives a testimony. She walked into that room. And there was another lady who came down and she came to my son's level 
And she began to explain the procedure. And it was as if Augie just understood exactly what was going to happen. She was able to explain it. And my wife gives a testimony. She didn't see any name tag or hospital tag on this lady. She was kind of taken back by it. Even though this other lady was in charge of the situation, this lady was like right beside Augie. Helping him. Explaining to him. Comforting him. And Augie sat there and he, well actually my wife sat down and Augie sat on her lap. And the angel of death came. (laughs) I don't mean that in a bad way at all. I know it's, that's a real thing, but, uh, but, um, and she came with her needle and her equipment and, but this other lady began to just talk to my son and guide him through this. Augie sat down. Without a flinch, the needle went in. They were able to draw the blood. They were able to put a band-aid and all, which you know, you know, you've been there, you've done that. And I say all that to say is, and I know angels are not women and all that, but God was there. God's presence was all over the place. You see, there was a trial. And there was a need. And we turned to God. And now, man, I look back and I always remember that. And I could give you story after story after story. And so could you. Where God was present. And it was God. It couldn't have been anybody else. And it builds our trust in God. And it sharpens our focus on God. And I could not do it without God. And I just have so much faith in God. And I could look back at all those rough times of my life and I could see God's handiwork in it. He always has a plan. Because He's a good God. So, trials help us to grow close to God. We need to remember a few things during trials. Remember, God has a plan. Genesis chapter 50, verse 19. You know the story of Joseph. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am in a place of God. In other words, he's leaving judgment to God. Fear not, For am I in the place of God? But as far as you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is in this day to save much people alive. Now therefore, therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. 
You see, if you remember the story of Joseph and his brothers and the slavery and the, all the things that he had to go through. and But through it all, God had a plan. At the end of the story, we understood God's plan. And though that some might mean it for evil, you know, God has a plan. And we just need to trust Him. We have to remember God has a plan. And as believers, God has a plan for your life. And we need to learn to trust Him. Oftentimes, I deal with the young people there in the institution, and man, they get some rough news. Uh, sometimes it's a disappointment. They thought something was going to happen and it didn't happen. And, or, you know, they're, whatever the case was draw, uh, something happened that shouldn't have happened. And the, they had these hopes of this was supposed to happen, but yet it didn't happen. And I'm teaching them, you know what? God has a plan. You need to just be patient. You need to hold on. You need to stay fetty, steady in your faith. You need to just trust him because you know what? I've been through life and I figured out that, man, when things didn't work out the way I thought they should is because God shut a door and there was a purpose he shut that door because he was going to open a better door. So we need to just learn to trust God because he has a plan during that trial. Remember, God has a purpose. God has a plan, but he also has a purpose In Daniel chapter 3, we hear the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know the story. I won't go through it all. But let me just read a couple of verses here. Daniel chapter 3, verse 20. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And what did they do? They cast him into the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have exchanged the king's, have changed the king's words and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own. Therefore I make a decree that every people, every nation, every language speak any things against, amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego shall be cut into pieces and their houses shall be made dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. So here were these men. They stood faithful to God. They didn't budge. And there was a purpose. And there they were facing a death, a vicious death, a terrible death. But yet God saved them. You know why? Because God has a purpose. God wants to be glorified in that situation. And he changed the, the king's idea of what he had planned. And he, 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 he t- turned to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and again, Abednego. And, and he had the people turn to that God, the true God. And so again, I remind you during trials, yeah, they'll grow us. God always has a plan. And remember, God always has a purpose. We just need to hang on to God and hold on and get through it. And I know sometimes it's hard, but we need to just 
trust him and hang on and go forward and, and, and don't turn and, and just go and, and follow and, and listen and apply the principles that you know are true and, and God will get us through because God has a purpose. And another thing is God is present. God is present. God is working things out. Every few years or so, again, I kind of bring my son up. I'm sorry about that. I'm just giving my story. And my son gets a, a help. He gets a, we gets, we homeschool and we love what we're doing and he's growing and we've been through a lot of different uh, things and difficulties and challenges with school and we finally figured it out. He's 12 years old and for the last three years we've been homeschooling him and it's been the best thing for him. And, um, and we get help. His medical insurance brings an aid every day to help him through school. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and we get to witness to her. We need to be, and these are, you know, she's a top notch, you know, uh, uh, smart gal and she works with us in our family and helps us with school and, and things of that sort. Every about every year or year and a half, our, our medical insurance is saying we're not paying for this anymore. And we used to get stressed and worried, and you know, okay, we're just going to do it. And any when when that happens anymore, we just say, oh well, <laughs> God has a plan, and God always works it works it out. God always fixes it. And, and, and to this day, he's 12 years old and we still get the help. And it's great help and we enjoy it and we love it. And it's an opportunity to be a witness to somebody that comes to our house daily. And my wife gets to be a witness and all that. But I'm just saying that we don't stress out about things like that anymore. Yeah, I still work out and I get make some phone calls and make some threats and things of that sort. And then it all works out. And I say all that to remember, you know, God is present. He's involved. Um, he's involved. Um, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, that he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, Thou art mine. And this is the verse I want you to get. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shall not be burned. Neither shall any, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel. Thy Savior, I gave Egypt for ransom, for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou waste precious, thou was precious in thy sight. Thou hast been honorable. I have loved thee. Therefore, I will give men for thee and thy people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. God is with us. Christian God is with us. And then remember, God is all-powerful. He could do the impossible. And He loves to do the impossible, but He just needs us to trust Him. The world that we live in, you know, we hear about great things that happen 
all the time, but only God could do the impossible things. And I don't know about you, but I want to experience God. And I experienced him this afternoon while I was in the prison when I saw that one kid come to Christ. And we get to experience God and we get to see what he does. And we get to hear the testimonies like we heard this morning about Pastor Stewart and and, and the doctor and the cancer and the no cancer and how God works things out. You know why? Because we have a powerful God. God is still in the business of doing miracles. We just need to trust him. I know sometimes he, you know, he, he just wants us to, he's not going to always fix everything the way we want to be fixed, but he fixes it. Not sometimes the way I want it, but yet he's involved. Because he's all powerful. And we have a powerful God. And he wants to work in your life. We just need to let him work. Psalms 9, 9 says, The Lord also will be the refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Psalm 62, 7, In God my salvation and glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust him in all times, ye people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. He's our refuge. What are you going through today? What's the trial? What's the burden that you're carrying? I just tell you, Christian, let's just focus on God. Let's just go forward. You know why? Because God has a plan. God has a purpose. God is present in your life. He's present. Have you ever felt him? He's present. He's working. He's doing things. I want to be present when he's working. I want to be close by when he's able to do his work. And he's powerful. He's powerful. Second Corinthians 12, 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, oh boy, could we get to this place? I don't know if I've got to this place, but I want to get to this place. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distress. For Christ's sake, when I was weak, I am strong. It's a wonderful verse, but have you been there? I don't know if I welcome infirmities in my life or reproaches or necessities. I pray that I don't get them, but you know what? They happen. But to welcome him, that's a person of faith. That's a person that knows that God is powerful. That's a person that knows that God has a plan, that God has a purpose, that God will be present during that time, that God is powerful. And we need to get there, Christian. We need to trust God. And I want you to remember that God always protects us. He's our protector. Daniel 3, 37, the prince and the governors and the captains and the kings and the counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. That fire had no power over them. Nor was the hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed. Nor the smell of fire passed upon them. My God has sent his angel 
and has shut the lion's mouth and they have not hurt me for so much as before him in its infancy was found in me and also before the O king I have done no hurt. God protected them and he's still protecting us. Psalms 119.71 and we're done. I want you to know that God prepares us. Psalms 119.71 It is good for me that I have been afflicted that I may learn thy statues. Psalms 119.92 Unless thy law has been my delight I should then have perished. Then I should have then have perished in mine affliction. Again, we need to turn to God. God will protect us. God prepares us. God is all powerful. God is present. God has a purpose. And God has a plan. You going through trials? Maybe you are. If not, you're going to have some. Maybe some of you have just passed through some. And the lesson is today, you know what? There's benefits in trials. There's benefits in trials. We just need to learn to trust God. Turn to God. Trials reveal our need for God. Trials build our faith in God. And trials sharpen our focus on God. Let God be your guide. Let God be your teacher during the trial. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for today. I thank you for your word. And I'm just so grateful for who you are. You've been so good to us. I know life is a challenge sometimes and we have difficulties. But I also know that you're with us. And help us to remember that. Help us to trust you. Um, help us to remember the benefits of these trials. And while we're going through the trials, help us to remember that you have a plan, you have a purpose, you're present, you're powerful, and you protect us, and you prepare us. And Lord, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you as personal Savior, that's the first step. They need to trust you. They're never going to receive these benefits that you offer us unless they trust you. You know, the Bible says we're all sinners. None of us are perfect. And because of our sin, we're separated from God, which ain't good. The Bible says that there's a penalty for sin. It says for the wages of sin is death. Spiritual death, the lake of fire, not good. Gnashing of teeth, the worm dieth not. It's a terrible place. That's what we owe for our sin. But the good news is Christ took our place. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Jesus died. He was able to pay for our sin because he never sinned. And I'm thankful for that. And if you haven't trusted Jesus, if you haven't received the gift the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever, that includes us, that includes you. Have you called upon Jesus? If you're saved today, if there's no doubt, 
that you know Christ as your personal Savior, if you were to die today that you would go to heaven, would you just let me know by a raise of hand? You know there's no shadow of doubt that you're going to heaven when you die. Good. By a chance, if there's somebody here that wasn't able to raise your hand, you're not sure, you could get that settled today. God loves you. God died for you. You might pray this prayer. The prayer won't save you, but Jesus will. But if you mean this prayer, he'll save you. You might say something like this and mean it. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know there's a penalty for sin and I can't pay that penalty. But I understand you paid it for me. And today I give my life to you. I I trust you and what you did on the cross was for my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Savior today. If you prayed that prayer and you asked Christ to save you today, would you just let me know by raising a hand? I won't call you out, but I do want to know so I could pray for you. Is there anybody here like that? Brother Rick, I pray that prayer with you. Best way I know how I called upon Jesus today. Is there anybody here like that? Thank you. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you. We thank you. I thank you for this church. I do pray for Pastor Stewart. We're thankful that he's on the mend. I know he still has a lot of time to, to, to feel better. And I just pray you, Help him as he recovers. And Lord, just bless this church. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for them loving our family and supporting us and praying for us and and just sending us to those uh, prisons and to help those young people in those institutions. And Lord, we love you and we thank you tonight. I thank you for loving us. I thank you for trials. (laughs) And I thank you for the benefits of trials. And how you work them things out for us as believers. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.